Hello and welcome to the Creative Snippets podcast with myself, Barbara Wilson, and Tracy Stanley. We're passionate about encouraging creativity and are co-authors of the book Creativity Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools. Tracy lives in Brisbane, Australia, and I live near Nice in the south of France. We started recording our monthly conversations at the beginning of 2020 to provide information and inspiration on applying creativity to all aspects of your life. Today we'll be discussing questions or asking questions, why we ask them, when to use them and how. And we'll also delve into some of the questioning techniques. So let's start with why we ask questions. So I've been using questioning techniques throughout most of my career, I'd say. And I've used them in different ways to gather information, particularly when recruiting people, to help people learn in, in the education setting and training and reflect as in coaching and also to understand people. So they're really important in encouraging a sort of greater analysis and, and a a more creative thinking around the topic in question. I also use them in creative problem solving, but with a few more reservations, and I'd like to discuss those later. So questions are really important in the coaching process as well. And there are different types of questions. I think we need to differentiate first of all between open and closed. Open ones, as the name implies, open up discussion and allow reflection. Closed ones have the opposite effect, but can be useful in certain contexts. Tracy, when and why and when do you use questions? What's your take on questions? Thanks, Barbara. Like uh, many of the coaches who I'm sure are listening in today, questions are a key tool you use in any, co any coaching context. And again, like many coaches, I use what's called the GROW model with the G standing for questions around what your goals are. Are questions around exploring the person's current reality? What's the situation? What's the problem that they're currently facing? The O, are, the o looking at what are the options for moving forward? What are the different choices you could make? And what are the implications? And then through questions and exploration of those options, what's going to be the W? What's going to be the way forward? Now, I, I actually do a lot of coaching for um, small business owners who, who sometimes get stuck. And, you know, I find myself asking them questions around, well, what are you trying to achieve in your business and in your life? Because you need to take both sets of objectives together before I then talk to them, what's your current situation and what might be the things that are concerning you? And I often tell people, so what are the things that are keeping you awake at night? Then perhaps later on in the conversation, I ask some why questions. And Barbara has rightly said, you know, you need to use why questions with reservation and understand where you are in the process and the context. And there is a specific tool called the five whys that can be useful. The principal goal in using the five whys is to understand an exact reason for a problem by asking a series, as it says, of why questions. They can help a group or an individual to focus on what we call root cause analysis. And when it's used appropriately, it can also encourage people to, to share ideas in, ideas in a team context, particularly when it has 
a focus on doing the exploration because we're doing this to improve a situation rather than we're asking why questions to try and find out who's to blame. For this reason, you know, it's really important to give consideration to what is the objectives of whatever is your group process and, and what is the process you're using for understanding the current situation and identifying ways to move forward. Um, as I'm sure Barbara will touch on later on, when you, it's not used correctly, the asking the why questions can be seen to be a little bit aggressive. Um, so you need to understand the context. But I'm gonna pass it back to Barbara to tell us a little bit more about how she uses the asking the five whys in her coaching context. Yes, thanks, Tracy. Um, in fact, uh, I, I would suggest at this stage of shift it from the coaching to creative problem solving. Um, okay. Because I don't, I'm, I really not sure I ever use five whys in that context in, in a coaching process. However, in creative problem solving, the why technique can be used. Um, I, I'm not so comfortable with it, I'll have to admit, um, for one of the reasons you've identified earlier and that it can be used aggressively or it can be perceived to be aggressive by the, um, the person who's being asked the question. But it's best if in, in, a co in a creative problem solving context, if it's used at the stage of really trying to understand the problem rather than delve down into the exact reason. I think it's a different focus there. Um, I, I, the 5Y technique actually comes from um, a sort of um, critical problem solving technique where you're really trying to analyze things in a very logical, rational way. Um, it's not used in quite that context in creative problem solving because we try, especially at the early stages, we try not to go too much into a sort of logical, rational approach um, in order to allow um, a much more open consideration of what could be the, um, the what could be the real situation going on in any particular uh, problem context. So I'd say use why questioning, not necessarily five whys, but use questioning if you're trying to get a fuller understanding of what the problem is. Um, but maybe do it after there's been some other work on maybe image-based work on opening up the thinking around, well, how do we, you know, how do we understand what's going on here? So that's kind of my word of caution here. So why can be very helpful. I think it's also how you use it. So I'd, I'd say um, maybe use it on a, uh, if a, a small group are working, say in pairs um, and they're asking it on a peer-to-peer -peer basis. But as a facilitator at that point, I would lay down some kind of ground rules about to try and avoid that that um, potential for getting aggressive in it. Um, I think what's important here in creativity is, is to encourage an attitude of, of curiosity. So it's asking why questions um, from a point of view of almost playfulness and curiosity rather than you know, what could be perceived as an authoritarian, well, 
why is it like this? You know, implying that somebody has done something wrong. It's kind of applying a judgment. Uh, moving on though, in terms of questioning and creative problem solving, I think my favorite question in, in uh, creative problem solving is what if, which can also be used in coaching, but what if, especially used at the beginning of a process when you're looking at how to resolve a problem can really open up possibilities. It can open up, you know, it can kind of lead into some kind of visioning over, you know, well, what if the group were working and everybody was happy and, you know, our customers were really satisfied, then, then you could move on to what would that look like? And then you can start to look at, um, okay, well, how do we get there? So it's kind of really opening up by using a what if. Another questioning technique is um, five W's and an H. And this is you, this is kind of, I think it's Kipling who kind of came up with, with these sort of questions originally or, or mentioned them at some stage. They're kind of the questions um, that children may ask really, thinking about, well, who, what, why, when, where, and how. In creative problem solving, it can be helpful in a general exploration to understand a problem um, or an issue someone has. However, it, again, it can lead down a very logical, rational road right at the beginning. So I, I prefer to use that, those type of questions really at the implementation stage to start to unpack, well, what do we do now? And Tracy, I think that's something that we've talked about you being involved in when you've been involved in um, change consultancy. So I, I don't know whether you want to talk about that now, but what, what would you add around those questioning techniques? Yes, sure. So when I'm talking to a client, which is you know, someone in an organization about the change they're going through, it's always about who, I guess one of the, who, who is really impacted and who's impacted the most by, by whatever the change initiative is and, and in what way and how will they be feeling and what will they be concerned about? Those, you need to ask those questions before you can in any way come up with a, a really targeted and appropriate plan for addressing their concerns and communicating to whatever their, their concern is. Um, so I, I use it as a part of a trail of questions it, as, as a diagnostic and a deeper exploration um, of a situation. And if, if we find that perhaps the person, these questions reveal that this group of people aren't so effective, then we can move on and we can focus our attention on the, the more difficult scenarios where more help and support through the change process is required. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, Barbara, I was going to add a few things to what you were saying uh, about yeah. questioning and about listening. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean pausing and waiting to speak. I mean really listening. The process of listening yeah. is a learning process. It's a reflection process. You know, when we, we ask questions and then we stop talking, you know, as a coach and give the other person the chance to think about that question and what it means and how they're going to respond, we're we are enabling them, we're helping them to make sense of their situation. And by asking the right questions, we can help them to, you know, to explore what their options are and what are the implications of each. Now, I mentioned earlier that I use the GROW model, you know, goals, 
what's the reality, what are the options and what are the way forward? And I guess some examples of questions I ask some of my small business clients are, you know, so what is it that makes your company unique, you know, compared to the um, organisations you're competing against? You know, what are you trying to achieve this year, the company this year? And there's probably a range of indicators, uh, you know, to do with growth and discoverability, for example. What do you think you need to reach this goal and perhaps what are you missing? And then what can you do to inspire you and your team to take the steps that are necessary to um, help you to address you know, your current situation or to reach your goal? Barbara, um, pass it back to you. Um, any other thoughts on sort of the questions that we ask? Well, I think, thank you, Tracy. That, and that's interesting to see the, um, the, the questions that, that you would ask in, in the context of um, your coaching and, and change consultancy there. Um, great questions as well. So, yes, I think, I think the other thing I'd, I'd endorse what you said there is around the listening. So as well as questioning, we might have a whole podcast on active listening because I think that's, yeah. uh, that's crucial. However, let's stick with the question, questioning techniques. And I think moving on, I just wanted to look at uh, maybe summarizing some of the general concerns that um, we might have about asking questions. So I think the, the first thing is um, really to recognize people's boundaries. And we haven't specifically talked about that, but when we talk about um, the context in which the question's being asked, then we need to be careful about you know, becoming judgmental. We need to be careful about it leading to defensiveness. So recognizing um, people's boundaries there and where they're at in terms of you know, the sensitivity around this particular problem or issue. Um, and in, in a way related to that, we need to be careful about it not falling into a therapy session. I've seen that even in creative problem solving when you get people working in, in pairs. Um, it can lead into one, per, one person really trying to solve the other person's deep problem issues around their, their boss, for example. It can, you know, it, it can lead to a can of worms really as well, which we need to be careful about. It needs careful facilitation as well, even if you're working on a, encouraging people to work, or more so if you're encouraging people to work on a peer-to-peer -peer basis. Um, and I think with our questioning, we need to be careful about our motives in asking questions. You know, are we asking questions to help the other person move on and learn, or are we asking questions out of our own inquisitiveness? And, and that's something that we haven't talked about, but I think may be a, an issue to consider. And with all questions, you know, ease into it, allow the time for people to explore and then deal with what comes up. Um, because questioning can, it, it, ideally it leads to a lot of reflection on the part of the person who's answering the questions and they need to, at that time really to, um, to think things through. Tracy, anything else yeah. you would add here? Yeah, no, that's a good point, Barbara. And building on that, you, know, you mentioned the example of how um, you, you want it to avoid becoming a therapy session. Someone might be trying to help someone with a particular problem. And I guess I want to mention that questions tap into our emotions. 
Mm. And um, you need to be aware of, you know, what happens if people are really emotional about a situation, um, you know, from, from the question that you're asking. Um, so as a facilitator, you know, we think about the nature of the problem being explored and how safe people feel in that environment to, you know, to talk about their emotions related to that particular problem and how you might deal with it. If you've only got a very short meeting and suddenly emotions are, you know, come bubbling to the surface, that's, that's problematic because if people can leave and they're upset and you haven't had a chance, I guess, to properly discuss it and work through and to help them with whatever reason there is for them feeling that way. So um, I think, Barbara, you talked about recognising boundaries and, and perhaps you need to establish boundaries as a part of your ground rules, so depending upon whatever your process is, to protect against it being too emotional if there's not enough time to, to deal with that. And again, I know Barbara and I were talking, again, I'm kind of slipping into more therapy than problem solving, but the reality is when you talk about things that matter, people often have a very strong emotional connection to that. Um, yeah. Um, anything else, Barbara, you wanted to add to that? No, I, I, I think that's, um, I, I agree entirely with what you say there um, and the importance as a facilitator of, of setting the ground rules um, for, for people to work within. So uh, thank you, Tracy. Yeah, I guess I just, in terms of questions, I think I'd probably like to throw in my one of my favourite questions, and it always comes at the end of the process, no matter, particularly when I'm doing sort of one-on-one -on -one coaching with um, a business mentor, and I, I kind of get to the end, and then I say, is there anything else? Mm. And then I stop talking. And it's just amazing. You just basically give, you know, whoever you're talking with person permission to say whatever's on their mind. And um, I just find that a very powerful question, asking the question, and then being quiet, just giving them the opportunity to respond. And very rarely do they say, oh, there's nothing else. If it's something that's important to them, that question could prod them to, to bring something up that your previous questions may not have brought to the surface. Yeah. So, um, sorry. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> oh, look, I was just going to, um, should, I, should I wrap up sort of, sort of, I think? Yeah, thanks, Tracy. Yes. Okay. I know we discussed many areas. Um, I guess if I could recap on three things I'd like our, our listeners to take away. Uh, one is just, you know, you need to be clear about the objectives of what you're discussing when you're deciding on your technique, which questions you'll ask, how much time you have, and sort of the, the environment of safety that will be created within that, that context. Um, particularly as Barbara has so beautifully explained why questions can be powerful, but they, they can be a bit threatening or aggressive in the wrong context. So... As a facilitator, you need to use judgment when and if you use those why questions. And, and because of that, you know, there should be some boundaries um, around when you use the why questions. Um, and recognize, you know, that if you ask too many why questions in the wrong context, it could end up being a therapy session rather than rather than a problem-solving or creative problem-solving process, which is really focused that Barbara and I most more wanted to focus on today. Barbara, do you, did you want to add anything to those reflections? No, I think that that summed it up quite well. Thank you. Thanks, Tracy. Okay, well, thank you, Barbara. And I thanks everyone for listening in. Um, if you'd like to learn more about our experiences, you can find Barbara at barbara-wilson.com and myself at tjstanley.com. And, of course, you can buy our book, Creatively Cycling, Help Your Team Solve Complex Problems with Creative Tools on Amazon, Google Play and Book Depository. 
wishing you all a creative day. Bye. Bye. Bye.